Welcome to Invisible Talks, where the truth, different perspectives, and stories are discussed with invisible voices. Media outlets varying using anonymous sources. There's no such thing as off the record, but here on Invisible Talks, all of our stories are off the record. If you're good, put the pieces together. I'm your host, Tyra Elin, recording in the Podcast Town studio. I want to hear your story and perspective to make my life better. I'm tuned in. So we are back. It is a new month, a new theme. We're just focusing on student athletes, their journey, what they've been through. How many of you all have found yourself in spaces and places where you said that could never be me? That would never be me. I've been there so many times and I've always felt that athletes, they have to grow through so many obstacles in the face of fans of thousands of people always watching as they continue to grow um, academically throughout their career and just professional. And so I can't imagine having my growth on a stage as a high schooler. Like when I think back to high school, some of the things that I got in trouble for always limited my ability to play sports. I was banned from sports my second year of high school, just off the court trouble. And so there are all these pressures that I see being put on athletes and that I experienced at a very young age. So with our guest today, that's where we're going to start. What was the most challenging aspect of being a student athlete? That's a great question. And I would say that the most challenging aspect of, of being a student athlete is honestly the off the court stuff. When you're a student athlete, you're, you're held to a certain standard and it's almost to a point where you have to almost be perfect. And in this life that we live, no one's perfect. But one simple mistake or action that you take that other people may not understand on why you did it, they'll try to label you as a, a person that you're not for so long. Right? Or just label you as that person in general when you just made you know, a hiccup. We all, we all go through things in life and we experience different things. But as soon as you make a, a mistake off the court or just away from what people see you as in a sport that you're playing, um, you make a mistake and they try to, to label you as the mistake that you made. And that's not always fair to every athlete. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things that we deal with with being athletes. Like at the end of the day, we're human just like everyone else. We're going to make some mistakes that we're going to learn from which later on makes us better people in life. You might not see it at that, that particular point when it happens, but it does help us later on. So I think that would be one of the biggest, the biggest things I feel like athletes have to, to go through and, and stand up to a standard that everyone gives them mm. for being actually good athlete. With that being said, were there any off the court situations that you found yourself in? If so, how did you navigate that experience? Well, absolutely. I would say just being at, at school when I had to step away from the team for uh, four games, the last four games of the season, because I made a decision to do something, um, which was, you know, I failed the drug test and being an our season, a senior year, not many knew the dynamics of it or, or why I was in it, but the ones that did know, and even some people around the school that supported us and stuff, gave me a lot of flack about that. Um, the AD 
of our athletic director of the school kind of turned to her back on our me and our program. Like, we give us problems during that end of the season where we couldn't bring our teammates to um like our whole team on road games where we needed to you know do little practices before the game and she would only let us travel with, with a certain amount of people just off of an incident that i had in trying to blame my coach and, and myself for you know an incident that i had me yeah, i made a, a bad mistake and i had to pay for that you know being away from my teammates and being so important to my team at that particular time and that that definitely hurt me i felt like i had let them down um and everyone that that supported me but that that thing goes to you know me being human me making a mistake or me just just living how college people live you know you try to enjoy yourself at the same time um we have to hold ourselves to a particular standard like i said before so that's a situation i felt like was real that took a toll on me but i was happy that i was able to get the opportunity to come back from it and pay it forward to my teammates because that's who i really felt most hurt about letting down that's um I mean, I feel like that's heavy on so many different levels because there is a pressure put on stars across all teams, all bases and places of athleticism to live up to the standard, like you said. And then if you fall short, you know, it's a domino effect. How did you mentally build yourself up? And so that happens in college. What were you doing in high school in those younger years to build your mind capacity to withstand in face of adversity, especially when you're leading other people? It's just basically knowing, really having a great corner of people that support you no matter the mistakes or the good things that you do. If you have that, that staple support system and family, whether that's family, friends, or whatever, staple support system that, that always backs you no matter what, that's something that, that takes you a long way. And a lot of people, some people really give up on them after a certain amount of mistakes that they make. But when you have a, a, a real tight support system, I feel like that's something that could take you a long way because even when the world shuts you out, know, five, six, seven, maybe 10 people that, that you can always count on, to talk to you, to bring you some light, to keep you focused, no matter what's, what else is going on around you. That always helps. And I felt like me coming from the tough neighborhood that I grew up I, I grew up in the South Bronx. I then been through so much and experienced so much outside of basketball that could have stopped me from even getting through high school and through college. You know, I, I've had friends that got killed. I didn't been around friends that got shot and we all in the same area and that that could have been me so it's like going through all those things and being able to make it out of those situations to have my whole neighborhood and my whole community and the whole Bronx really behind me when I make those decisions and I, I I made I made a tough one and I had to deal with that but just having them in the back of my mind knowing that they're still the ones supporting me. They're still the ones that believe in me. I still got little kids that look up to me when I come home. And that's that's what I do it for. And of mm -hmm. course, my family, that's my number one support. Like my family, they, they always got my back. So just having that strong bond 
with the community, with, with my friends and just my support system, that's what kept me going. I never let nothing deteriorate from that. One thing that I hear you talk about in terms of support is the community. And I think back into the highlight, at least, of my time in college that we were able to share during that year was going into March Madness with some excitement. And at the same time, you were dealing with adversity of your mom passing. What was going through your mind? How were you literally getting up and still, you know, showing up and giving 100 percent? I've seen players say it's the motivation to keep going to to show up as your best self and give it your all. But what is the side that people don't get to hear when you're facing a tragedy such as the death of your mom and also at a, a peak that could make or break a space that you've worked for your whole life? Well, I honestly felt like, and I and I told the team this when when we was going through it, when we was actually playing, I felt like my mom was actually with us the whole entire time of us, you know, playing that whole conference tournament. And even leading up until then, she was a person that always that always pushed me and always told me what I would be capable of doing. Um I started playing this game of basketball at two, three years old. And from that time to today, you know, my mom always was someone that told me I could be the best and I would be able to take our family and everybody away from, you know, where we were because I was just that, you know, talented. I, I played the game from a young age and I always had something different about me. I never let things around me or things my friends did or, just anything deteriorate me from basketball in general. So me playing at that time, just with her in mind and having her on my heart, I just felt like there was nothing and, and no one that, that could stop me. Like I said, I was, I was able to come back, you know, from being suspended and dedicating that time that my teammates and I had put in all year um, and everyone doubting us and nobody really believing us. We really felt like we was almost 20 strong and that that's just the 15 players and our five coaches that we had. We, we really felt like everyone was against us. So that us going through that and being able to, to be victorious at the end was something that was, was very special for me. And playing every game with her in memory just turned my energy from 100 to about 150 percent because it was like this is my last go round. you know my mom would never get to you know see me actually play an ncaa game and i know at home my whole community is sitting in my living room at my house watching the game where my mom would be and they're watching the game with my dad so just all of that and right now it's kind of giving me goosebumps because just all of that and me knowing that before I'm going into games is just why not leave it all out there on the floor? Like, this could be my last game. This could be my last. Let me show my mother, you know, what her son is capable of, what I could do if I have I have the support and I have the ability to do it. And that's what I went out there every day. I mean, every game and tried to, um, to give 150%, knowing that she's up there watching me. You know, listening to your story and just thinking about, I can only imagine, right? I haven't experienced the death of losing my mom, 
But when we rewind back, I think it was, I think we're a year, almost a year past um, Shikari and her going through the Olympic trials and that journey for her of just losing her birth mom. Um, but again, hitting this crossroad, what could you relate to in terms of, you know, if you got on social media at the time, you had people who were bashing her. You had people who were still trying to support her and somehow, you know, convince the people were the decision makers uh, to allow her to run. What's the relatability for someone who who couldn't see at that moment how a person could risk uh, what they worked hard for? That's, that's a great question. And what I could relate to that is sometimes when you make an instant decision, you don't necessarily think about what could come you know, after that. You make a decision in a moment where you feel like you may be around people who you're comfortable with, who wouldn't allow you to put yourself in a predicament like that, or people you feel comfortable enough not to to even say anything after you've done what you've done. And um, having an instant like that, when you're going through something so traumatic, it's hard to just go to people and, and just start conversations with people that you don't know, or go to see a psychiatrist and, and just talk about feelings that you're having when you don't know this person at all. Like that, that was something I felt like if I smoked a little bit, it made me feel better. It made me escape, you know, what I was going through at that particular time. But it wasn't to enhance me or for me to try to be better than anybody by smoking. Like, it was a bad decision on my part at the time, but it was something I felt that, that helped me in that moment. Um, and I may have not been thinking past that moment or the repercussions that could come from anybody finding this out or if I had a test and I failed it. I'm not really thinking about that in that time. I'm going through what I'm going through as a human. Uh, I lost my mom. I'm, I'm going through that. I'm feeling all the pain. I'm feeling, you know, bashing our team and stuff like that. So it's a lot of things that I feel like the athlete goes through that sometimes people on the outside don't understand. And we look for the best way most of the time to figure it out. But at the time we're young, we're, we're figuring out life and going through things just like everybody else. So I think to that point, I feel like we need to be given a little bit more slack when it comes to things like that, I mean, we're not trying to, you know, purposely do the wrong thing and, and be a bad impression on the ones that look up to us. But like I said, we go through things just like the normal person. And if the normal person is given a, a second chance, um, why can't we? Right. It makes me think about the importance of the mind. Like when I, I rewind back for a while, I just had resentment towards my high school. Like y'all took away the things, the spaces and places in terms of track and basketball that could literally save me from getting in some more trouble uh, because of this one instance. And I'm in high school and my mind isn't developed and I'm looking for, you know, identity and struggling through childhood traumas, like all these layers. And you have had you know, you've been fortunate to play at all levels, you know, elementary, high school, college, overseas. You have this array of experiences when it comes to 
an athlete, their mind, their mental health and balancing, you know, being a influencer to the masses on the court, but then having your own personal issues. What is the game of basketball? I guess the the sport, you know, games in general, what is it missing? Well, I would say what's, what's, what's missing in a game of basketball is just the comfortability. Like, I feel like, like myself now, I'm in a position where, you know, I'm still playing basketball, but I'm transitioning into coaching now. And I feel like the best thing to have is a great relationship with your players. Um, as a coach, and that's on and off the court, you want to build up a, a great rapport with your players off the court to understand, you know, their backgrounds, where they come from, you know, certain things that they go through, so you can understand their game on the court. A lot of stuff that goes on on the outside, us athletes, we take on to the court. So we might play with a little anger. We might play with a lot of passion that feel like sometimes you may feel like it can't be controlled. Like Russell Westbrook, he plays with a lot of passion. But that stems from, you know, your surroundings and things that you may have went through in your, your local neighborhood. You know, we've lost friends. I, I've, I've lost friends coming up. Lost friends at 15 years old. I'm 30 now. So it's like going through all those things when you hit that court you kind of just zone out everything and it just becomes yourself and a non-guys that's, that's, that's on the court with you. And that's our safe haven. So I feel like you having a coach or a mentor at least on the coaching staff that you can always talk to. And it could be a little bit more than just basketball that will always help, you know, the players. And I feel like that's something that's very important and I, I've been blessed to have some great coaches throughout my playing career, college, high school, even junior high school. Um, um, I've been blessed to have some great coaches that, that didn't just care about my abilities of playing basketball, but my ability outside of basketball, my character, um, just me becoming a, a better a better man, and that means everything as well. Um, the basketball one day will stop, but if you're able to be with somebody that you know can help build your character or make you a better person while playing for them, uh, I feel like that's something great, and that's that's what's really needed. I mean, we have some great coaches out there, but that's what's really needed. I see now um, with guys going into college, and I would say like high school, uh, high school players. But just having that, that mental that, that mental guidance outside of basketball. You talked about a few times of losing, you know, friends around you. And I know that it's a grind. I, I saw it at the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, rookies come in and they're trying to make a way. They're trying to make a path to stay in the game, not just make it their rookie year or make it their rookie year and get sent to the G League. Like everyone's always constantly working. Do you ever feel in terms of upbringing, and I think about majority of the league, you know, they're African-American. They've come from a place of struggle in some way, shape, or form, whether it was a single mother, whether it was financial. There is something that was lacking in the household. Did you ever deal with survivor's remorse and just like, you know, the grace of God that's been over your life for so long? I would say that to an extent. 
But luckily, I was a person that even my friends that I grew up with that didn't take the same route as me, but knew how great I was at playing the sport of basketball, they deterred me or kept me away from when things was about to go left. You know, it's been situations, you know, you're growing up as a kid and you want to hang out with your friends, you know, 14, 13, 12 years old, you know, headed to parties and things like that. And there's some situations where we go into a party with 10 of us and we only come out and it's nine and we're dealing with our friends stabbed up or shot or something like that. And we're, we're young kids. So how does how does a kid bounce back from that? The trauma you see you see in that. How do you go to sleep every day not having nightmares and stuff like that? So it's it's the things like that 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 really could make or break you. And in my community now, like I'm fighting to get a community center where we have basketball courses and different other programs in the community for the kids that's going through these things because it's still happening in our communities. Um, kids are still dying young. People, kids are outside with, with nothing, you know, to do. And we put a lot of blame on the kids saying that they don't want nothing no more. They don't work as hard for things anymore. But in our rural communities, we don't give them enough to give them the opportunity to want more. And all these kids want to do now is just learn. Like they want to be taught things. And these rough neighborhoods, it, it's hard because there's no community centers, there's no things like that that could keep you away from, you know, the, going down the wrong path. And I feel like me growing up and playing basketball, a lot of I had great, great people around me. I had great friends, my parents, my siblings. Everyone kind of scapegoated me from getting into those things that could really deteriorate my career. So I always stayed basketball. I kept friends, even if my friends wasn't into basketball. When they was around me, they played basketball. That's all I did. So I kind of kept it like that. And I was honestly blessed, honestly blessed, because I've lost five to six friends that didn't see 20. And I of course, I play with those in my heart and my mom, of course. So it's like those things can really make or break you if you don't have the right support system and people pushing you or, or trying to keep you uh, away from. A lot of us don't have that. So I'm extremely blessed that I was able to have those type of people around me and the parenting that I have for my mom and dad. Like, that played a big role in me being, you know, successful and even just making it out to go to college coming from where I come from. I'm the first person in my family, male, out of all my brothers, and I'm the youngest of six to go to college and play professionally, not only play professionally, but graduate from college. So that was big and that was something I set for myself to do for my mom. That's a big deal. I feel like we've underlining talked about this throughout the interview. I mean, God is invisibly showing up in your life in 
all these ways, whether it's protecting you with the community, protecting you physically, keeping your mind through these storms um, or tragedies around you. How would you explain the role that God played in your life from your upbringing, whether it was, you know, your years of thriving in as an adult and your childhood years? I mean, I would say God, God has, has been my everything. You know, you never really, as a kid either, you never really looked at the, the real importance of God until, you know, you hit with something tremendously devastating. And I was able to make it 15 years through my life until I lost my mother to cancer. And at that point in my life, I felt like it was nothing else that I should have been, I should have, I should be here for. Like, why, why, why take my mom, not me? Like, why only give me 15 years with my mom? My brothers, my sisters, they had about 30 years with my mom. I'm young, I still haven't learned life yet. I haven't finished high school, I haven't been to college. My mom won't get to see me play those games. Why did I play basketball for, for so long if I'm not able to take my mom and my dad out the hood we grew up in and put them in a house? So it's always all those things that, that come to mind. And when I lost my mom, I thought my life was over. I wasn't, I started to deteriorate in school a little bit where I didn't want to go to school and I just didn't want to do nothing. I just felt like my life was over. It was nothing for me to, to grind hard for. Because, you know, as a as a black kid, you, usually you have just your mom. And I was blessed to have my mom and my dad grow up with me my entire life. So my goal and dreams and aspirations was to, to get them out of where we grew up. And not being able to do that for her, devastating on knowing that she wouldn't be able to see my first college game or or see me finish high school and graduate. It was the things like that that kind of hurt me and, and always kept me a little down. But it was to those points where I had to sit back and think. It was almost not me, me not graduating high school. I got a call home from my Spanish teacher. I will never forget it. And it was two, about two weeks left of high school left. And I was a senior. And she called and spoke to my dad and told him I was on the verge of not graduating. And that was always a goal that him and my mom set out for me because none of my brothers finished high school. So when he heard that news, he broke down and just felt his knees. From that day that I felt like I broke my dad, I already lost my, my mom. How, how could I break my How could I break my dad like this? From that day on, I made it to school an hour and a half early every day. That last two weeks I finished up, got all the work in and I was able to graduate. From there, I went to a division one junior college where I got a full scholarship to go. And I never looked back from there. And I said to myself, I'm gonna always make my dad proud because my mom's gonna live through him. And if she's not here, he does not deserve me giving up because if she was here, I wouldn't be giving up. From that day, I, I planned that in my head. That would be nothing that would stop me from achieving the goal I wanted to achieve. And I to, you know, do it. I'm just sitting here like, whoa. I mean, you took me back to my high school year and the principal calling my mom and it's like, you know, Tyree keeps getting into trouble. She's not going to be able to walk across the stage. And like that same disappointment going across my mom of like, dang, it's my actions 
And I realized, you know, hindsight that it was just my pain that was speaking out through my hands, through my words. It was all of the unanswered questions that I didn't have, but God kept me through those moments. And so I want to, I want you to rewind back to being 15 and think about all these young men and women who are listening to this podcast. Like, what advice do you have for them when they're in a space where they have no control? They have every emotion and passion that's fighting them, uh, but they have so much purpose and life ahead of them. What do you have to say to them? Take a moment, take two moments, take 20, 30, whatever it takes. Sometimes you just have to, I would say, sit in a room or, or just get go to a place where you have just a mental space just to think and think to yourself, you know, what you want your future to look like. Um, that was something that I was kind of able to do after I hit that rough patch. You know, you got all the family members and everyone coming around and asking you questions. And you really, like you said, you really don't have the answers too much for it. But you're a kid 15 and you're going through some of these things. They dedicated to what you want and always believe that the person that you lost is still with you because until this day, my mom still comes to me. Whether I see her through sun, the sunlight, if I'm playing in the game and a, a certain shot goes in and I'm like, I don't know how that went in, they always find a way to you to watch over you. And when you make your, your next steps or the, or the things that you want to do, keep them in mind because they're always with you. And that's one thing I felt like I carried on with me that helped me really make it. It's just always having my mom in the back of my mind to make her proud, whether she could see it physically or not. I know she was watching and that when I did it, she was going to give me a sign. And for some reason, she always gave me a sign after something happened. So that I did. So um, I would tell a kid, you know, Get the right support system around you, the right friends, you know, because a lot of us have some friends that, you know, say they say they like what we're doing, but secretly don't want to see us do better than them. And that's that's a lot that we deal with coming from rural neighborhoods and urban neighborhoods. You know, everybody's not as talented, but everybody has talent. And when you have people that that honestly support you and and really push you in the right direction no matter what those are the people that you keep in your corner so i would say that's something important too. know your friends know the people that you have around you and if people are not on the same accord with you or trying to to make it like you trying to make it then it's time for you to you know kind of separate yourself but yeah just keep the right support system around you and just believe that the, the person that you're playing or whoever you go out there every day for is still with you and they're always going to be with you. There's so much pressure put on a student athlete, but you all have heard it. It's possible. It's possible to overcome every trial that is thrown at you. 
Um, it's mind over matter. My mom would always say it's the choice that we make today that'll affect us tomorrow. You know, the wisdom that was poured into us begins to replay in our head for us to stay focused and keep going, whether it's as a student athlete, as a mother, as a daughter, as an employee, as a coworker, as a best friend. We're always going to come up against trials and the beauty of sports. They're training our mind, body and soul on how to endure anything. And so what I hear is keep a why in your pocket, know when to reset your mind, body, and soul, and always ask yourself the question, have you taken a moment to remember what you've been working towards and who you've been working for? Because when you can take a moment to pause and gather all that information, purpose is staring you right in the face. Just a matter if you're going to listen and take heed to the warning. That's all we've got for today's episode here at Podcast Town Studio. These stories, they connect us. The ultimate question, what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is agreeing to disagree, different perspectives, healing from within, all because life and legacy are complex. We see people everywhere, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, griefs, pain or struggles? To be strong is to heal. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, He will help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you stay connected by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Invisible Talks Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyra Elin.